0: You're listening to episode 33 of Desi Geek Girls. I'm Preeti Chibber.
1: And I'm Swapna Krishna. And we are recording on Monday, April 29th, 2019. It has not been long since our last episode. I know. This is so weird. I know. It's so <laughs> nice. We went like two months without recording and now
0: it's like two and two weeks. So it's it's a good thing. It's such a good time to be a nerd right now.
1: Oh, this weekend was really stressful.
0: It was a lot like, of a emotions.
1: There was a lot going on this weekend.
0: Like lots of feelings, lots of crying. So we're yeah. gonna we're gonna get to the big stuff. Um, but very, very first, some like yeah, really This is kind
1: of a special episode. We're not it's not gonna be as long as usual at all. Yeah. Think.
0: Also because we only took two weeks to record again, so we don't yeah. have eight hundred things to talk about. Yes. Yes. Um, but so last night was not just the Battle of Winterfell, it was the premiere of the red line on CBS, which is a television show that my brother, Vinny Chibber, is in. And yes! So...
1: Everyone please tweet Preeti about how hot her no! brother is. No!
0: I don't like that! Don't tag me! <laughs> don't tag me in those yes. tweets! I hate it! It's uncomfortable and weird! <laughs> so, the red line, which is really exciting because it's produced by Ava DuVernay and Greg Berlanti... And it's a, it's a really intense show that I would not expect CBS to have, because it's about a gay couple, a white guy who's a teacher, played by Noah Wiley, who is so handsome, and uh, his husband, who is a black doctor, who is shot and killed by a police officer in the first episode. And it's kind of how this death like has effects on, on the Chicago community, and Vinny plays a teacher an english teacher at the same high school where noah wiley's character um teaches and kind of they're friends he has his daughter in his classroom and all, all all of these things and i'm it was really the first two episodes which aired last night were really strong
1: it makes me very sad that it's on opposite game of thrones Ugh, i know because, like that is such dr- so dominates the discourse on like sunday nights like I feel like even if you just want to tweet about random stuff you can't get in a word at Edgewise because everything is Game of Thrones.
0: Everything is Game of Thrones and it's really frustrating because this is an important show so it's 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 A little annoying that CBS has put it up against something like the final season of Game of Thrones, and I think the finale of the Red Line is the same night as the finale of Game of the series finale of Game of Thrones. Great, which I was like, cool. But I'm a good sister, so I watch the whole thing and then watch Game of Thrones an hour later. But like,
1: yeah so it's on cb you can get it on cbs all access now mm-hmm. right because yes. all of cbs's streaming stuff is there so if you've been waiting to stream star trek discovery you can subscribe for a month and binge watch both
0: yeah because the red line's only going to be eight episodes
1: yeah so I- you can do that nice so little you should show. do that um because yeah it's an important show
0: and support be- south asians supportive. on television yeah. in, in like unexpected roles
1: and if you like if you do watch it and you like it, um, tweet about it using the hashtag the redline or at the red line CBS. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. At the redline CBS or hashtag the red line. And let the
1: network know that you like seeing South Asian talent on screen. Yes. Because we want to see Vinny and more stuff.
0: Yes, get him famous enough that I can meet Chris Evans.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the real motivation becomes clear. <laughs>
0: Speaking of Chris Evans.
1: <laughs> so basically the entire reason we're doing this episode is because of Avengers Endgame. Yep. Like with how much we both love the MCU, I don't think there's any way we could have like we could have waited a couple of weeks to record an episode about Endgame. So first of all, um it made a, over a billion dollars in its first five days, yep. which is unreal.
0: Unprecedented and unreal, but I mean, it's it's a combination of, the, we don't have, like, we're in the age of epic storytelling, which we've talked about on the show before, because I'm obsessed with it, because I think it's just so, such an interesting evolution of sequential storytelling into film. And so, if you've been watching these movies for 11 years, and this is the final movie that picks up on that banana's cliffhanger... Of course you're going to go see it as soon as it's out because you don't want to get spoiled by the internet.
1: Yep. Yep. And um, so that being said, speaking of being spoiled at this point, spoilers, like, ahoy, just just turn away if you have not seen this movie. Turn us off and come back because we're going to, you know, get into it. Talk
0: about everything from from minute one because it's a spoiler.
1: Yeah. So um, you've been warned and we will put a spoiler warning in the show notes. And with that, what did you think of Avengers Endgame?
0: Oh my god, I loved it. Um, I thought that it's not, I mean, it's hard because as with every single movie, as with every single media property, there are parts of it that I liked less than Mm -hmm. others. There are parts of it that are hella problematic. But overall, I think it's sort of an insurmountable, like, adventure in having Mm -hmm. to create a movie that brings about the end of so many beloved characters and storylines and do it in a way that's satisfying. And I found it to be quite satisfying.
1: Yes. Um, I pretty much agree. Um, Let's get some of the, we have to talk about the problematic stuff because I don't, wouldn't feel right. Not, Mm -hmm. but I also want to disclaim it by you and I both love this movie. I think that's fair to say um, and that is, in spite of the problematic stuff, it's always okay to, you know, you can like problematic stuff, everything's problematic, it's okay, it's important to acknowledge what's problematic, and I think the frustration here is the problematic stuff is the same Yes. as it is in, like, ever, like, it's the same stuff over and over again, yes. so I ought to, like, I almost, like, it's just, like, it's what you expect. W- the Russos can't write women.
0: Although, I realize that I don't think they wrote this movie. Oh, they didn't. Um... But they they don't have a good track record with women. And that is so we are unsurprised
1: that 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 happens in this movie. There is quote unquote gay representation that's (laughs) super super dumb. Like, I mean, I'm so glad that there is like even the smallest amount, but it's. It's not enough, and they're being real, self, really self congratulatory about it, and it's kind of just gross. It is
0: super, super gross because they were like, "You'll never guess who the first canonically gay character is in the MCU." Yeah, you can't guess because the character because doesn't he does have, have a, a
1: name. name. <laughs> <laughs> so that's really frustrating. Um, there is some, and I think we're gonna we're we'll probably dig into this more later. So um, I'll just mention it. But the uh, the body shaming stuff with yep. Thor. Um, that, the stuff that was intended to just be, being, like, making fun of him, it was gross. Yes. Um, I'm sure there's more.
0: There's, there's more. Those are the, those are the three big, big representational issues, I think, with this film, and, and in a film that is set in, 2020 well between 2018 2018 and 2023 and is released in 2019 is just unacceptable yes
1: yeah and so um all of that being said um this movie to me was kind of the intention part of the thing is the intention of this movie to me and i might I, I might be right, I might be wrong, was to wrap up these first 11 years of the MCU, which has primarily been dominated by Cap and Tony.
0: Yes, I
1: agree. That was the intention. The intention was not to feature like Captain Marvel, because that was a disappointment for me. Like She shows up really late in the game, and I understand why, because she's so powerful, you have to sideline her. But she shows up late in the game and then doesn't do anything. Yeah. And that was frustrating. But that being said, I understand that the storytelling point of this whether i agree with it or not and i don't really agree with it but the storytelling point of it was not to tell a story about her or featuring her it was cap and tony and that's the way the mcu ensemble movies have always been
0: yes and and they sort of wrote themselves into a corner with captain marvel because they gave they had to give us her a And they had already said she's the most powerful character in the MCU so when we get Captain Marvel which is already kind of frustrating in that it's set in the 90s so it's set before everything and it (laughs) kind of cuts through the tension of Infinity War a little bit uh, it they don't have another option but to sideline her yes like in in Endgame because she would just
1: win But then at the the flip side of that is when she finally does show up. Like yeah, she has a really cool entrance scene. Mm -hmm. Um, Her taking down that ship was really cool. But then like for example, Thor was able to go up against Thanos one on one and almost very very close to beating him when he had all the Infinity Stones. And Captain Marvel couldn't take him when he didn't have any.
0: Well, no, she did. She did. She um, she was fighting him and he had the gauntlet on, and she's pulling his finger.
1: And oh what, yeah, okay, no, right, he, yeah, yeah. What, okay, no, she did he did have the gauntlet, but she still wasn't able to take him. No, I was she, like, if Thor was able to take him But
0: I think the difference is that with Captain Marvel, the moment we got and, and this is this is gonna be I've I've seen the movie twice, I should mention. Yeah, I've only seen it once. Um and there's a lot happening and I picked I, I got more out of it the second time in terms of actual moments, I think, because the first time I was just crying a lot. Um but there's a moment she's fighting him and she's pulling his his fist apart so he can't make mm-hmm. the fist to snap. And he, I actually really love this moment. He dead tank punches her. I remember And this, she doesn't yeah. flinch. She just stares yeah, at him I with like, that, yeah. and what? So then he has to pull the power stone I think it's the power stone, off the gauntlet and keep that in his fist and that's the only way he's able to punch her because she's that's so it. strong. Whereas with Thor, he has the two hammers and lightning, and it's before Thanos has the gauntlet um, on his fist. Like, the minute Thanos gets that gauntlet on his fist, Carol is the only one who's able to go up against him. It's just, she couldn't be the hero. Like, narratively, there was no way they could let her be the one to do it. Right.
1: And she's just too powerful is, like, the bottom line. Like, that is gonna be an issue, I think... Um, Going forward. But, okay, so um, should we just kind of go through it? Yeah. Okay, so we start out. Um, okay, this is what I was talking to you about this earlier today on GChat, but there were so many theories <laughs> myself, myself included, about how they were gonna like undo the events in Infinity War, and I f- they were so complicated. Like, like Doctor Strange set up a time loop with the Time Stone, and <laughs> there were so, and no. I feel like nobody, and this includes me, nobody thought, oh well, why don't they just go get the Infinity Stones and undo it. No, because why would so think simple, that? <laughs> and it's been so simple and so logical. Like, yeah, that makes sense. The Infinity Stones did this. They can undo it. And yeah, of course, it becomes complicated by the fact that Thanos destroys them. But even then, it's still going back in time to get the Infinity Stones. Like, no,
0: why, why wouldn't they? I mean, I do think a lot of people were like, time travel has to be involved, especially after Ant-Man and the Wasp came out and, and the yeah. Quantum Realm and all of those things. And I yeah. think even I, like... Ages ago, when I first got the email, I just remembered this actually, like when I first got the email about potentially working on the Spider-Man Far From Home book, and I'm not going to say anything about Spider-Man Far From Home, but what I will say is that I misread the title of the book. Yes. Remember this? I remember this because I was like... (laughs) Really? What is that? What they're gonna do? What? I, I misread the the title of the book is Peter and Ned's Ultimate Travel Journal, but in my head I read it as Peter and Ned's Ultimate Time Travel Journal, and I was like, Oh my god, it's time travel! And I was like, is it? I was like, is right, it? right answer, wrong, wrong journey to get there,
1: yeah. though. Um. <laughs> but speaking of, you can pre-order that now. Finished copies are out in the world. Ah. Thanks, Disney, sending out review copies. Um. So, but Preeti has finished so ner- copies. So nervous. She she has seen the finished product and I'm assuming it is beautiful. It's beautiful. seen pictures. It's so, so cute. Pre- so you can pre-order that, please do. Yes. Um okay, anyways. But um so uh, yeah, so they all kind of like the first part just, just it moves really fast and I appreciate it that like it gets off the ground, they get in the ship, they're going to space like
0: Yeah, it's it's I so this movie is over 3 hours long. And each what I really liked about it is that each hour felt super distinct but still connected so the first hour is like time heist second hour is like space opera third hour epic battle so like yeah. you know the first the whole time heist situation I think is like so fun and so like classic comic booky in a really yeah great way yeah they there were just like like I I think it's I think it was smart of them to have Ant-Man in the mix because they needed this, like, kind of, uh, to alleviate the mourning.
1: Yeah, and he's just, just Paul Rudd. Like, the, like, I, I know people can say a lot about Ant-Man, but I think he fits really well in these ensemble f- mm-hmm. films for that reason. Just because he's so, thanks for thinking of me. I,
0: like, think, he's so- thanks for of me <laughs> I know like he's just so happy to be there to be like part of the crowd I know and 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 everyone like the, the movie opens of course and, and I love I love the unexpected way that we got our moment of emotional catharsis of Thor beheading Thanos in the first like 20 yeah. minutes and so then fast forwarding five years into the future to see how these heroes are not healing From the pain of the loss right Um, of how all of them are still like deeply impacted by their failure and by all these things that you needed Ant-Man who had been stuck in the quantum quantum realm for five
1: hours yes he was a perfect vehicle to tell that story Mm
0: -hmm. like he comes in and is like I'm going to come at this from the perspective of someone who's not been sad for five years.
1: thought, <laughs> <laughs> Like, you know, I woke up, you know, it's been just a few hours and then everything's different. Everything's changed. Um Yeah, I, there's a lot, there's a lot to be said. I liked his character, especially, I've always liked his character. I even liked, like, the first, like, how can you not? I mean, like, they're fun. I like those films. And I just (laughs) really liked that, um, the way they used his character in this movie. And the way of all people, he shows up as, like, the great hope.
0: Yes, he comes out, it's it's him. It's so random. Like, he comes out with the time, the time heist idea. And when everybody tells him it's terrible, and it, could very easily go very wrong. I mean, okay, let's talk about Professor Hulk for a second.
1: Oh my God. What a great reveal. What? Yeah, that was, I loved it.
0: I loved it. I loved like him, like just the, the ease with which, first of all, the CGI and including as much Mark Ruffalo as they did into the face yeah. of Hulk was really nice. And so yeah. getting to see like big old green Ruffalo with his like specs and his cardigans and his like, Kind of like uncomfortable position of having to be the Tony when Tony's not there, but in this big green body. Like I just I thought it was such a smart and compelling move for the character.
1: I okay, well, I'm jumping ahead of a little bit. I laughed so hard when he was trying to act like the Hulk. When he kind <laughs> of just like smashed. Grrr, like, grrr, grrr. <laughs> like oh my god, was, especially when I thought they like The ill-used banner in the last movie in Endgame, he became kind of just the nervous comic relief, which is – it was just a running gag that didn't quite work for me in Endgame. So this, this was such a better use of his character, and I was so glad to see it.
0: Like he was and still I, able to be funny, which was nice.
1: Yes, and I absolutely loved Black Widow as kind of the person that's like holding yes! this team together with like everything she had. Like it's sheer force of will that she's holding this all together. Mm-hmm. And and I love that for her because and, she went from being this like lone, mm-hmm. like her journey in the MCU has been really good.
0: They they. I think they, it started strong and then they cut her off kind of, they, they kind of cut her off at the knee by not giving her her, her own movie back in mm-hmm. 2013 as they mm-hmm. should have. And mm-hmm. so I think they found a way to make her her position in the team, in Endgame make so much sense which is why I'm <sighs> extra angry about how they handled her end. It was so absurd and unnecessary to kill her off because think about the arc we could have gotten out of this person who has lost everything and Mm -hmm. wants to be the leader and wants to be the glue and needs to be there when Steve can't be there. And to just use her as a plot device to get the soul stone so that Clint Barton, who has never been written consistently well could live is so demeaning and infuriating.
1: And especially because like Clint apparently spent his um the time the five years he was gone killing people of color. Cause that's I guess and like it's just like his character was so like the fact that they I mean it would have made it so much more poignant and I poignant. They did okay, here's here's my thing. They did not need to kill um, Black Widow, nope. they did not need to kill her to make her interesting or meaningful. Same. Agreed. She was interesting and meaningful on her own terms, and she had, like, just with the grit with which she pulled this team back up, like, yeah. I, I admire it so much. Like, she's never... I have mixed feelings about Scarlett Johansson. I have mixed feelings about like her character has been written. There, there have been some inconsistencies in the way her character has been written in the past, but she is what we had for so long.
0: Yes. And all we had. And so then to take a team and, and I'll put, we'll put links in the show notes. Cause I wrote about black Widow's she, arc.
1: She wrote a really, really good piece about this. Um,
0: and Captain America's arc. So we'll put them both in the show notes, but it, it had the, they had this team of ten characters, basically from the get-go, from in Endgame, and mm-hmm. only Widow and Nebula were—they were the only women on the team. So twenty percent of that team was women. They killed off fifty percent of the women on the team mm-hmm. halfway into the movie. And mm-hmm. when you think of it like that, it's—it's it's gross. When you, yeah. it was just a beat that could have become an empowered moment, but then turned into like, oh. I already watched Gamora die for the Soul Stone, and now I get to watch yeah. Black yeah, Widow just, die.
1: And they tried to make it empowering because she chose this. And right. She, but it's not empowering because she did it so she would have meaning. And what would have been a lot more empowering is Clint being like, you have a place here. Yes. Like, let me do this. You don't need to redeem yourself. You don't need to clear the red in your ledger. Like, you've already done that. Yes. Um, let me do this because I have done so many terrible things.
0: And then let him die, not just yeah. make him say it. Like it, it felt like lip service to have him say it mm-hmm. and then have him be the one to live. Like yeah. we're gonna recognize that he spent the first hour killing people as a vigilante, but mm-hmm. we're not going to actually have him sacrifice anything for it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So that was a little frustrating. Uh, but yeah. all uh, that all that to say, widows are Prior to that, and her place at the beginning of the film is really That's strong. Real.
1: Yeah, I really i like I like that she was because she is the in some ways she's the last. Like what I liked about this movie is it felt very real in terms of the way these people responded, but it's not the way I would have expected if yes. that makes sense.
0: No, totally.
1: Like Tony running, or no, sorry, not Tony. A cap running a um like a, a like survivor's a
0: support group. support
1: group. Um, widow leading the team. You know. Like Thor, who we'll get to in a second, like just, 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 you know, like dealing in the throes of like PTSD and depression, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's just, it's not the way I would um, like Rocket Nebula, like, oh, like there's that, just this just not what I would expect. Well,
0: there's a there's something that makes this film so so strong. I think is that all the characters became very human and became very relatable because I think grief is something that we can all understand and so there are these small really touching moments between everybody like rocket and Nebula holding hands when she and Tony finally show up um, because uh, Carol saves them and and just thing little little beats like that really worked mm-hmm. um, cap caps entry at the beginning of like you said doing the survivors support group was was really interesting because he's always yeah. been the like, I could do this all day. I could get up. I can fight. I can fight. I can fight. And he I'll is, fight forever. I'll yeah, fight and he's forever. Done. And he's done. And he, he thinks there are no more options because he knows he can't move on, but he doesn't know what to do because he, he thinks he has to. And so it's Chris. Chris uh, – I'm like, which Chris is it? Chris Evans. <laughs> Chris Evans – Uh, does better work than I think we've ever seen from him in one of these, in this movie. I think they all do. Yeah.
1: I think this movie brings out the best in Tony too. Oh, for sure. Uh, Which this is the, like Tony really like, he goes on a journey in this movie and a very believable one. Mm -hmm. Um, I actually really like that scene at the beginning where he's (gasps) yelling at Cap because like, so good. And I'm not one who usually likes discourse or discord within a theme, within a team. Um, but in this case, I really liked it because it showed how traumatized he was. Mm -hmm. Like it just showed like how just traumatized he was. And it made Tony's reaction later more believable because you had to have him resisting the idea for a while. And it made that very believable. Mm -hmm.
0: Um, Uh, yeah. Well, really quickly about Tony, I just want to mention that Robert Downey Jr., who has arguably Kind of been phoning it in with Tony Stark for a few years. You know, he just kind of pops in, does his thing, like and then does like, is,
1: you is know, like, like this in the helmet. Yeah, like, like
0: we get it. You know, uh, Robert Downey Jr. is an incredible actor. Like he yeah, is a he ca- is. Like you know, uh, I'm Oscar nominated and, and winning. I think it's been a long time, but I'm pretty sure uh, he won for Chaplin. I think, and he really gets to sh- to to act. In this film like in a way that I think the movies haven't necessarily given t- Tony the opportunity to do to have this like very wide arc of emotions and reactions and like like you said that trauma scene is so good because you believe it wholeheartedly mm-hmm. how unlike some other times like where I question Tony's reactions to things and this time I'm like this hundred percent is yeah. what this man would be doing and how he yeah. would react. Like, when he rips the thing off his chest. Yes. And puts it in Cap's hands. Like, I was like, <gasps> <laughs> like... I know. Oh, my God. Like, my heart stopped for him for a second. Like, just so believable and, and strong in the role.
1: Um, And especially as compared to, like, Civil War, where... Yes. Uh, like, it's really <laughs> easy. It's just really easy to hate Tony yes. after that movie. Yes, um, and this kind of brings him back and it makes his sacrifice at the end because he is the honestly the last person you expect to be sacrificing himself. Mm. You know, like it's just this he's that's not his style. That's, that's and so, Cap's
0: M.O. Cap's M.O. Yeah. Self-sacrifice.
1: Um, let's talk about Thor.
0: Okay. So.
1: But yeah. So there's been a lot of discourse around this and I'm going to preface this with saying um, I am not a person to talk about fat representation because I have a very, you know, I am like my body is what society conforms to society's standards of what is um, pretty, I guess. I don't know how to better to put that, but like I cannot speak to that. I, I cannot personally speak to that and I cannot personally speak to. uh, use of depression or ptsd PTSD. you know i don't i I have i've had some ptsd from getting mugged but like not on this level not on the scale so i want to preface that i understand and i i like there were there was definitely when he was introduced that was played for laughs and that was gross i mean i
0: think this is the thing with Thor is that there is the potential here in the same way that they handled Cap and Tony's stories and and their trauma and their arcs with such grace and that their pain was never used for a laugh. Yeah. That Thor had the potential to be a really important storyline about someone who is going a, a god, someone who's supposed to be the strongest avenger, the most powerful, you know, who has lost everything like going into infinity war Thor has lost his home his family he loses every single thing and then he fails at any hope of stopping the thing that you know did that and there was potential for such wonderful amazing storytelling for this character that was unfortunately lost because the filmmakers left in body shaming jokes and fat jokes that were just distracting from what the character could have represented. Yeah.
1: And I feel like it got better. Um I the, the that first scene is gross. And there are some jokes that are gross. I feel like it got better in terms of um not in terms of whether it was shaming or not because I I can't speak to that. People have, you know, very much commented on that and um but in terms of I liked the journey he went on in terms of he didn't when he um, when he decided, you know, when he decided to, you know, get into the fight, he didn't magic himself skinny, which right. I mean, I think he could have probably he, he's he, a god. He's a god. He can do whatever he wants. Presumably. Yeah. Like he, he just he, you know, like he didn't like it's because it's not about it's not about that. Like it's not about I and I mean, I this is probably way too much to hope but i would love for them to keep him
0: yes keep him this size keep him with like big burly thor but i i it's just you made this point when we were chatting earlier with another friend of ours who didn't like the movie um that it's a failure on the part of the filmmakers Mm -hmm. if the reaction to the story is based on audience viewership and not what they wanted to get across. i right. saying because that Right, my, because well.
1: my, my theater, the theater I saw it in, laughed at that in, initial Thor scene. Like, the, when you first see him and, you know, his body's very changed, they laughed. But after that, there were no laughs. Like, nobody was laughing at, you know, Thor for being big. Like, no one was laughing laughing at that. And so I didn't see the story. Like, I was like, oh, that's gross. I wish they hadn't put, played it that way at the beginning, but the story actually is not bad. And her theater apparently laughed every single time he was on the screen. Which is which horrible. Is
0: because the character goes through something very relatable, I think, to a lot of people. Yeah. In, in that just complete sacrifice of, of your normal day-to-day and and kind of isolating yourself and, and all these things. And I think that's where they failed. So, so I think it's just unfortunate that this had the potential to be something quite revolutionary in a superhero film and they just they just left in they just wrote in too many jokes that undercut uh-huh. what could have been which makes me feel like their intention they didn't have a clear idea on what their intention was like they they wanted to unfortunately like have Thor be this person and let him be this person, and have about have it be the journey of like you're you're not who you are or who you're supposed to be. You have to figure out who you're supposed to be, whatever it was. But by having you know, like the the talk with his mother with Frigga, with Frigga could have been so good. But then she says eat
1: a salad, and you're like, why yeah. did you have to and then like do that? It's like you know, like 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 Robert Downey Jr. is like you're in no shape right. To- and that, but and that he doesn't mean physically. no, no, no. He, he means mentally, emotionally. Yeah, emotionally and mentally. But then Don he, Cheadle, Don Cheadle makes that cheese whiz, and it's right. just like, come on, like either you're trying to do something serious or you're being gross and playing this for laughs. Exactly.
0: And and because I I don't I think that it's important that people are feeling empowered. I think mm-hmm. it's important that people see Big Thor on the battlefield in his glory with his like giant bearded braided beard and all of those things like in his like burliness and I love that that people are seeing that and feeling empowered by it but it doesn't um what's the word you shouldn't have
1: to take you shouldn't have to like excuse away exactly terrible cheap, gross jokes in order to see yourself represented on screen exactly that's 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 just not a place we should be at and that's not and that is frustrating and disappointing and I wish that I wish like I just wish that hadn't been there because it could have been it such a been good great. Story. it could have been great
0: and so but so you know disappointed in Thor and Nat's handling
1: yes Kat- but that being said there's a good article that you sent I don't know if you sent it to me or you just tweeted it and I clicked on it about kind of the duality yes. of the way Thor was portrayed and we'll put that in the show notes because yeah. that was that real I feel like that did kind of
0: that one was um, good. Um, the Vanity Fair piece, yes, that Joanna Robinson it. wrote, I think. Yeah. And then there was another piece, actually, I, re- I read this morning, and I'm, I'll we'll include that too because it's kind of the other side of things. Of, um, I'm sorry, the the writer's name is escaping me, but basically, being like the reason this is so bad is in context of the way fat people have been repre- represented for ages, because it's not doing anything to alleviate that, yeah. really. It's it's not really taking those steps. It's
1: saying, okay, well, you can be big, but people are still going to make fun of you for right. it, which is just not, like, okay, you could be big, but you still have to suffer these cheap jokes is not, that's not progress. No,
0: not progress. No. So you know that that could have been better but as with every movie like uh, we're gonna find things we like and find things we don't yeah and, so, and
1: i feel like it's important to talk about these things we don't because um we want them to do better and they need to do better and yes. so i think it's important to talk about this yeah okay so speaking of so, things we loved, let's talk about cap Okay. you know actually just really quick because we talked about frigga can oh, i just yeah, say yeah. my love for the thor the dark world has been <laughs> redeemed you kind of have to watch that movie before you watch this one. And it is like, I was like, I wanted to scream in the theater when I saw it. I was like, yes! I like-, yes! <laughs>
0: I like that we were both really validated by this film with yes. our ridiculous wants. Like, you with Thor, The Dark World, me with Old Man Cap. Because yes. everyone, talk about- <laughs> everyone told me I was ridiculous. For wanting yeah. old man Cap in these styles. I didn't
1: think you were ridiculous. I just thought they never. They it was never, never
0: going to happen. happen. Yeah. Never going to happen. Ha ha ha. Who has the it was last laugh now?
1: Such a good. I, li- I really just like. Like we were saying before. The unexpectedness of this movie. Tony sacrifices himself. And Cap gets his happy ending. Like that's mm-hmm. just. You don't.
0: You know I mean what's so. It, it's. I appreciate the way that they built the tension around the two of them because really, I spent the entire, almost the entire standoff between Cap and Thanos, like ready. I was ready for Cap to die and for for Tony to take up the mantle, right? Like, I think everyone in the audience, we were all like on the edge of our seats the minute he goes down and Thanos breaks the shield and Cap gets back up and he buckles it to his his wrist. Mm -hmm. And I was like... Oh Jesus! <laughs> He's good. We're done. This is it. We're gonna say goodbye to Captain America, and I am going to faint in this chair. Yeah, like they built that tension so well. So then, when the portals open, it truly was like both times I saw it, the entire audience cheered when yeah, I started crying. They come in in that yes. scene, like the minute. T'Challa and Okoye and Sherry walk through the portal, when, when Sam starts on his comm, like, on your left, like... I was just like, oh! what?! Like, it's so, such a great it's
1: crossover
0: like- comic moment.
1: Yeah, it's, like, it's like the moment that you open a comic book and you get the full, like, you open this, co- this like, comic and you know it's a big crossover and you get that full two-page spread. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes, yes. Of every single character, come like, that you want to see in this comic book. It's there. And it was that on the screen. And I didn't think that was possible, honestly. I know. To get that feeling and from they, this movie.
0: They, like, earned it in a way because Cap's story, you know, you start with him, like, downbeaten, like just downtrodden whatever and then slowly that hope starts to build but mm-hmm. you know during the the battle of new york time high sequence when we get to see cap fight himself um there's this like wonderful moment where he's fighting his 2012 self and and mm-hmm. You know, you get that line from 2012 Cap where he's like, I could do this all day. And our Cap is, like, down on the ground and he's, like, dirty and he's angry and he's just like, I know. Like, he's so tired. Like, when he sees himself and he's like, you got to be shitting me. Like, what else could go wrong? And then, you know, so you have that moment where he has to fight himself. Then when they go back to the 70s and he hides from that woman in Peggy's office. Yeah. And he sees her through the window and she doesn't notice him but he's just the look on Chris Evans's face of like just complete anguish like he says he lost the love of his life and he did and so he's staring at her and he can't say any I was like I'm gonna die (laughs) like Chris (laughs) Evans is gonna emotionally murder me in this movie so then when everybody comes in it's such an amazing moment of triumph for this man who has had to give up everything and do everything to, like, be like, no, you're not alone. We're gonna help. It's yeah. okay, buddy.
1: Um, it also, okay, just, but his ending makes him kissing, uh, what's her name And Carter in Civil War all the more gross.
0: Ugh, I can't. That, there's so much wrong with the way these female
1: characters are written. I know, it's just, like, <laughs> I can go, I, we, we can, like, write, like, a, 300 page book about, (laughs) like 500 page book about the mistreatment of women in the MCU. Seriously,
0: like poor Sharon Carter just should have been good at her job, like, let Mm -hmm. her be an awesome agent. She didn't mean to kiss her aunt, her great aunt, her aunt, her great aunt, I don't remember her, her great-aunt or aunt's beau, like, just... And re- he's such is. a...
1: Okay, I know i have talked about this before, but it's such a reluctant kiss. I know! He's
0: it's it's, just like, I guess I have to do this I guess now. I have to do this so my boys can be like, hey, get it! Yeah, right? <laughs> like, so unnecessary because C- Peggy is the love of his life and, yeah. like...
1: That's we, okay. We
0: get to see him get the love of his life. So, like, that moment on the battlefield where he says, Avengers assemble... It's, oh. like, oh, such a, like, catharsis and, like, yeah. it's 11 years in the making. It just felt so good.
1: <laughs> it, did. it did. It was good. I, 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 I that have a, like, as you can see by this discussion, I had a lot of issues with this movie, but I will say I loved it. I thought it was satisfying in a way that I didn't think think these 11 years of storytelling like I don't think it could come yeah, to satisfying conclusion, and I, I think it was satisfying for me and if you're focusing on it being a Tony Cap story yes. which I have accepted the MC part of my thing is kind of like when so I, I don't I'm not like but Captain Marvel like should have had a bigger role or but like because I don't expect that like exactly. I don't expect women to be treated well in the MCU <laughs> right now like hopefully the next phase yeah. we're going to get a lot of women and a lot of people of color and that's going to be amazing but i don't expect this to be this good to women and maybe yeah. that's maybe that's they maybe that's too accepting on my part and it's not that i accept it it's just i like enjoying things and mm-hmm. i'm not going to enjoy it if i'm constantly like Angry. but 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 right
0: and, and yeah and i think that's fair like we engage with po- like media how we want to engage with it and like it was it was enough for me that this movie gave me scenes of Captain America's journey that I wanted to see. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I love the moment, like, obviously, I love when Spider-Man comes back onto the battle. And, and like, that was such a wonderful scene for me. But I love the moment that, like, Spidey is like, oh, my God, oh, my God. And Cap's like, queens! And it's just like, I'm going to help you. Don't worry. Yeah. Like, that was a really nice moment. There were just a lot of really like... There was lovely, a lot like, of really nice moments. Yeah, like, you know, um, Peter meeting Captain Marvel was great. And and the women, all the women coming together on that battle, obviously we want more and we want longer and we want... But it still was an empowering image.
1: It was an empowering image. I wish they'd done something. Yes, I agree like there 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 was like it was an it, it was an image to have the girl power in it. Yes. Okay, when I when I was watching it in theaters, I was like, "Hell yeah." But like reflecting on it, like, yeah, it, it it was an empowering image to have an empowering image, not empowering because they actually did something, and yes. I don't like that. Agreed. There's too much of that with the Rousseaus. Like it's the yes. same thing about having the gay character. Like mm-hmm. there's nothing like they don't understand, very clear they don't understand what representation is and what it's supposed to do. Yes. Um. And I, I hope agree. that the people in charge, do we know who's in charge of the next phase?
0: I mean, in terms of in, in charge. Um, like, you know what
1: I mean? Like, Joss Whedon did kind of the first part and then the Russos.
0: Uh, did I dream that the Russos got hired for another Marvel movie? Did I make that up?
1: I Oh not. my god!
0: I think I dreamed that the Russos got hired for another. Marvel well, movie. okay. To be fair,
1: I've been having stress dreams about Avengers and Game of Thrones for a week, so.
0: Uh, I'm just looking it up because yeah. now I'm like, did I read it or did I? Don't, I, I don't remember like... that, but
1: I've also been really avoiding anything Marvel related because I was. Oh I my didn't...
0: god! <laughs> no, I dreamed it.
1: Okay. Okay. Because <laughs> I was gonna say I don't think they did. I feel like I would have heard that.
0: I li- <laughs> I can't believe I had a nightmare about the Russos continuing oh, their career God. in the M.C. <laughs> oh, God, that's, cool. that's
1: funny. Um, but, yeah. that means, so now we don't know who's...
0: <laughs> no, we don't know. We know that it'll have... Uh, it's it's going to be from Lou Despacito, um, Kevin Feige, and Victoria Alonso, who are the three producers who have been around since Iron Man. And Victoria Alonso, who people don't really talk about very much, is... Um, a gay Argentinian-born uh, immigrant. And she is very vocal about the need for representation in Marvel films. So I don't know. And we don't know how much power I mean, and just the and
1: slate like, that they've announced so far is more diverse. Yes. Um, you know, so.
0: The, the Eternal, Shang-Chi, like all these things. Um
1: mm-hmm. So not that I am putting, I mean, more diverse is not hard when you've had like 85 Nothing. films about white men <laughs> and one film about a black person and one film about a woman. Yeah. So it's not hard to get more diverse <laughs> than that. Like I you mean, could just do it by accident, but. Um,
0: <laughs> I do think it was funny to watch this movie and be like, oh, right. Like after Black Panther and after even Thor with Taika's yeah. influence and um, Spider-Man, Homecoming when you get to see what the school like a school that looks like an actual American school, it's like oh, yeah. To like go back to Endgame and kind of have to be forced to revisit what the MCU used to look like was yeah. like really kind of a little difficult to stomach when you're like <laughs> oh right like mm-hmm. we are getting yeah there's yeah, just, there's there was a just lot like
1: of dudes yeah of, lots
0: of straight white men hanging out here yep.
1: Yep. um
0: so yeah that was interesting. Uh, uh an interesting experience to to rewind and and revisit all of that but, but
1: i'm hopeful though you know yeah. for the like maybe that's naive but like i do hope that you know it'll get better from here
0: um i we didn't really talk about thanos as a villain in this movie which i thought it was really interesting how they handled thanos in Infinity War versus Thanos in Endgame, because they are, to Josh Brolin's credit, like, drastically different versions Mm -hmm. of the same character, which I thought was really smart. Um, Yeah. Because it easily could have been like, ugh, seriously? Like,
1: really? You gonna brood some more Thanos? Great. Like, this Thanos was kind of, like, comic book, like... Yes. Just, like, mega maniacal, like, you know, this guy was...
0: Evil, like yeah. there's no like like yes, greater purpose, but it's also it almost it felt more about his own ego than it felt about his grand purpose as it did in Infinity War, and so his oh and Nebula, so the Nebula story I thought was very interesting.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, I agree.
0: Where I I still feel she was done such a disservice in Infinity War, like Infinity War. The more I think about it, the less I like it as a film because mm-hmm. of the sequence where they almost have Thanos and then Peter Quill messes it up.
1: Mm-hmm. And I it, just fast forward that scene. It
0: just, it kills me because that moment should have been Nebula's. Like, Nebula's mm-hmm. relationship to Gamora was always more important than Peter's relationship with Gamora in the Guardians movies. And mm-hmm. Nebula's anger was always her driving force. Mm-hmm. And so she would have been the one to mess that up, which would have made the impact of what her character went through in this movie so much more uh satisfying, I think because I liked her a lot in this film mm-hmm.
1: like, I did too I right did too. like
0: I liked her writing a lot. I have feelings about how about her killing her past self,
1: mhm. That mm-hmm.
0: I haven't come to terms with yet. So I yes, gonna, I agree. Like it, right? I don't know what to
1: say about it. I don't have anything smart to say about it, so I'm not going to say anything right now. But I'm just not sure. There's something. I, there's something I have to say there, but I'm not ready yet. Right? And so, there's something so I just I don't know something unsettling about it. Yeah,
0: and and I've had people. I said this on Twitter, and people responded with you know as some people who had, who admitted to being trauma survivors responded to say they really found it. Empowering, yeah. To I mean, I could her see that cut off her past self. Whereas I had a, a reaction of like, I wanted to see her confront Thanos, I wanted to get something there because it was this abusive man who killed. I understand
1: her sister. why Thor got to kill him, yes, totally. But I would have liked it to be Nebula. Do you know what I mean? Yes,
0: I would have liked some sort of recognition, not that Thanos would ever recognize that he was abusive, but some sort of confrontation, I guess, between nebula and thanos in a way that was satisfying for a character who has been angry for so long
1: mm-hmm. yeah
0: and so huh.
1: um yeah i don't know and i i'm not sure quite what to say there yet and so yeah. maybe there's it's, it's, and maybe like a it's a very big part of it is it's not for it's like i said it was talking about the thor thing it's not really f- for me to say but i yeah. there at least i have I can say some smart things about this is representing people poorly with that I with that nebula thing I just I don't know what to say like, I, yeah it's weird right it's, it's, it's a Yeah weird I, I don't know feeling. because if somebody found that empowering I'm not ever going to take that away no, from them. of course not And, uh, like by saying like, well, even, you know, like I think, because what I think doesn't matter. Um, but at the same time, it just doesn't sit right with me and I don't know why. Right. So that's where I'm leaving. Yeah.
0: I'm in the same boat and I'm trying to interrogate why I don't know what to say, but I think that's a little too heady. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, and I think I think probably multiple watchings. I've already only I've only seen this once and um so multiple watchings will probably help with that.
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um is there anything
1: else? I, think so.
0: I mean other than the what it what it means for the future of the MCU.
1: Yeah, I mean it's hard to say, but no. um I do think I do wonder if some of these like spin-off shows now are going to deal with like what happened to- cuz like okay, let me just get this out of the way. The time travel as presented does not make sense at all. No. Uh, the time travel rules, but okay, whatever. It's comic books. It's comics. Who cares? Um but so I wonder if like Loki, if his series is going to be set after he takes the Tesseract and escapes.
0: I think so. I think so. What I've heard about Loki is that it's historical and it's him influencing mm-hmm. historical events, um, presumably with the aid of the Tesseract, you mm-hmm. know, um, which I think actually sounds kind of fun. And yeah. I'm into it.
1: Yeah, I'll, I'll watch it. Right. Like I want. An- I mean, I'll watch it. I'll watch it. I'll watch it. <laughs> even if that wasn't it, like whatever.
0: Yeah. And then the
1: Falcon and. Um, That's the interesting thing to me. The it's Falcon, Falcon and Cap. It's, because it's called Falcon and...
0: Winter Soldier. Uh,
1: Winter Soldier. It's not, you know, I because... Uh, Cap. whatever. Yeah, I know what you mean, though. But it's not, he's not Falcon anymore.
0: No, he's Cap, he's Captain America, so... So is it gonna be, like, did they
1: just call it that because they don't, didn't want to spoil, you know, the end of Endgame? Or is it, name? like, it is, like, set, in, like, you know, is it set while Cap is, you know, I, I don't know. Anyway, but...
0: Yeah, like, I don't, uh, that, and then the WandaVision, ugh.
1: Oh, my God. Which
0: I will say, Wanda, I've never found Wanda better than in Endgame. Like, her yeah. fight with Thanos was... Yeah, bright, it was
1: really good. But yeah, that's, yeah I agree.
0: that's what I wanted for Nebula, too. And I guess yeah. they couldn't have too many. But, like, I wanted that for Nebula. That, like, right? Whereas, like, Wanda, absolutely amazing scene. Don't know if the character earned that scene, but whatever. But it was so fun to watch Elizabeth Olsen actually get to be... Scarlet Witch in a not like restrained sort of way but so the show is supposedly going to have like a 1950s vibe which okay. makes me think of the Tom King uh, Vision series which is yeah. incredible if you haven't read it it's so good so I don't know if it's Wanda trying to bring Vision back and he comes back wrong or like what? Yeah,
1: We'll see I mean okay so part of what um, I feel like my suspicion is that we're going to open the door to kind of the Marvel multiverse because yeah. of time travel. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so we'll see what happens, um, but I know yeah, cause it should be interesting.
0: It should be interesting. Spider-Man is going to be set in 2023.
1: Yeah, and I don't understand how him and Ned are still in the same grade. But so I,
0: I think they're just kind of being like, everyone got snapped! Like,
1: <laughs> Yeah, like, <laughs> maybe it's just, like, this society was such a mess that they didn't have school for five years. Well, um, the, I think but the, wouldn't Ned be, like, five years old? Okay, well, the I impression anyway. is that
0: all of his classmates also got snapped, I think, no. is what I've heard. All of, them, I. All of the whole, That's Peter's grim. whole class. Um, but I think what I read was that Kevin Feige is saying that this movie is going to be about examining peter post infinity war and his relationship to being a superhero yeah
1: that'll be interesting i mean of course we'll see it so and of course we'll talk about it so that's true um okay (laughs) should we we're gonna i was like this is gonna be a short episode here we are 50 minutes in um okay we're gonna talk really quick about this uh week's game of thrones just because
0: right i forgot yeah we've been
1: talking about i don't think there's a lot to say uh, right, but just was... Preeti and I have been watching it um and texting each other a lot. <laughs> the Battle of Winterfell was if you haven't watched it yet, um don't listen to this and um consider yourself warned. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, it was hard to see, and not because it was personal. <laughs> it was I watched quite literally really hard nice to see TV <laughs> in the dark And I had a light on because zombies are not my thing, but I had to turn off the light and still I was like, I don't know if that was like a rib cage or a character I know or I don't know what is going on. And part of it, I feel like, was intentional. Like, the flying around dragon stuff. You weren't supposed to know what was going on that was supposed to give you. And maybe the stuff on the ground was intentional. But it was so poorly lit that it was just... It just took away from the entire thing.
0: Yeah, because I was like, I can't tell if you're a zombie or a person. Like, I can't tell what's going on. And then, mostly, I want to... The biggest thing I want to talk about, first of all, like, yes, that moment with Arya was incredible. And surprising and impactful. But, like, they have spent eight years talking about winter is coming and the night king is the true threat and blah 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 blah, and, and now he's gone yeah like it's and so we go back to the petty throne squabbles like i just i feel like it just cut the teeth
1: out of like yeah. so my thing is, I feel like there's got to be more. I think feel like there's got to be more with that story. Right, there has like, to maybe be. It's a thing, maybe it's a thing, like, there always has to be a Night King. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, maybe yeah, yeah. Thing, And maybe, <gasps> like, one is going to become the Night King. This is my theory now. That, that Bran? Bon is gonna, yeah. Is yes, gonna I
0: was just, I was just like, Bran's going to be the Night King. Holy shit.
1: That's my theory? Because at this point, like, there has to be more in my head. And maybe I'm completely wrong about that. There just has to be. I can't. Like, I feel like... Like it'll maybe he's gonna become the night king and maybe maybe there like it just it has to maybe I don't know I don't know like maybe I
0: there has to be a way that because I can't go back to now next week like
1: it's kind of like and I know this is real dumb this is a really dumb analogy to make but like in like Star Wars how there always has to be like a light side and a dark side yeah. And not in Game of Thrones that I could call any of these people working for the light side. No. But you know what I mean? But like, it's just kind of like maybe, like, maybe that's a thing that there is always a Night King. Um, I don't know. Because like, just... Bran still hasn't done anything. No, he didn't do anything. Like, and why did the Night King want him so badly? It? It's boring, like, for like four seasons and like, come uh-huh. on. So I feel like there's still some story there left to tell. Like, I there don't just
0: know. has to be because I cannot go back to just. What? Yes. Like, being and, and angry about
1: re- Cersei. And especially with Cersei being the bad, like, the bad guy now. Because, right. like, Ugh. somebody was saying, I think it was Dongguan on Twitter, um, who's an awesome literary agent. You should follow him if you don't. But I think he was, I think he was saying he was, like, she's been written with so much nuance, and Cersei has, and so much subtlety until, like, season seven. Mm-hmm. And then she just... You know what I mean? Like yes. it's just like well, maybe I mean, that's maybe that's supposed to be like all of her children are dead. Like she just just, but I don't know.
0: I mean, that's also like where you see the divide between when they have the books for boilerplate and when they lost the 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 um, benefit of George mm-hmm. R. Martin. Like you can say a lot about these books, and they are. I, I read them years and years and years and years ago. Yeah, so they treat women, women terribly. They but they terribly. Uh,
1: But they do write nuanced characters.
0: Yes. There's nuance to the notion of, you know, the, the whole point in the books is that the Game of Thrones is a distraction from the true threat, which whats what they've been hitting home for the last, like, seven years, right? Like, Jon Snow has been like, no, 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 the throne doesn't matter, There are mm-hmm. there's a, an army of the undead, and mm-hmm. now to think that, like, three episodes out from the finale, we have to find out that, no, actually, like, the big bad is about the throne is just... I'm hoping that there is more. I think more there's got to gotta be
1: more. That's just that's my theory. I'm sticking with it. I'm probably completely wrong. So I'm usually wrong about stuff like this. <laughs> it's just I think it's like to me like you can't end it like this. No. Like there's got to be more.
0: Yeah, I agree. So so more to come and and maybe like in a couple weeks when we both watch we'll, the finale we'll, we'll do
1: a we'll, yeah, do, we'll another do another episode. episode. Um
0: but in the meantime, very we- again, very quickly,
1: yeah, what do you love right now?
0: Oh, so I've gotten really into DC's Legends of Tomorrow, which people just constantly talk about being a super fun show. Like, I watched the I watched Arrow for a couple years when it was on, and still on, I guess. I watched The Flash for a couple years, and inevitably I fall off of all of these things. But DC's Legends is, like, really fun. Everybody likes everyone. It's super gay, which is awesome. Like, it is doing stuff. Like, in the face of, like, the way the Russos treated their gay character, watching DC's Legends of Tomorrow, I'm like, you are such cowards. Cowards, Russo brothers. Like, look at what you can do with these characters. Yeah. Um, And then I'm, I'm on season three right now, and Constantine just showed up, and I love Constantine as a character, so I'm super psyched. And then Korean dramas. <laughs> Sona is making the best face right now. Um,
1: I am just smiling <laughs> and shaking my head because it's
0: crazy. There's a Korean drama on Netflix called "Romance is a Bonus Book," and it is about the character, the main, the main male love interest works at a publishing house as an editor.
1: The 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 gifts that you or like the, whatever the screenshots you've been tweeting about this are it's amazing. Oh so
0: good cute and he like I'm all in on these stories where like the main boys just love the girl so much they cannot handle it so strong girl Bong Soon is another one I highly recommend also on Netflix where they are just like so in love with these women that they're like they're like twee about it they're just like oh my god oh my god oh my god oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. and I'm like yes I want to see more representation yeah. of men like very attractive like cool men being huge dorks about being in love. Like, I love it. Mm -hmm. Now, what about you?
1: Okay, so mine's super lame, but because (laughs) you all know like, watching you should have like seen like how hard it was. Like, I was complaining at Preeti all week about trying to see Endgame with, like, a, you know, in theaters with, like, a... And finally, like, I ended up going, like, a random, random time. My husband still hasn't seen it. Uh, Like, and he's gonna go, like, tonight. And, like, like, it's just seeing... I have new respect for parents, like, new parents (laughs) who see movies in theaters because we just could not get it together to... Barely get it together to see this. So, um, my... Instead of my, um... My thing I love right now is actually Sephora is having its semi-annual <laughs> 20% or, or no, I guess it's 20% off for if you're VIB Rouge, which is like their highest rewards here. I think it's 15% off if you're not. Um, the Rouge sale is going on right now. The regular sale starts soon. I have terrible skin. And I got better when I was pregnant and now it's getting worse again. And I just was like, you know, I really enjoyed going out without makeup and I would like to do that again. So I was like, okay, self-care is important. And it is so hard to take care of yourself, you know, when you have a baby. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to buy a bunch of skincare stuff. <laughs> so I bought, like, and it came today, like, and I bought a ridiculous. And I, like, organized it in my medicine cabinet by, like, what time of day I'm going to use it. I'm going to show a preview this. I have, like, a – I have, like, it written down, like, when <laughs> I'm going to use what. Because, like, I bought, like – Essences and I mean, I do use toner, but I bought like toners. For, and different ones for morning and night, and essences and serums. And it's like, I'm like, I have to have a flow chart to like keep track of how I'm going to use this stuff. <laughs> but anyway, I don't know. It was just, I needed it. And so this is the thing I love right now.
0: I love it. I needed it as in
1: like my soul needed it, not like I actually need this. <laughs> I don't actually, but my soul needed it. So
0: our soul needs a lot of things, especially after such a hard nerd weekend.
1: Yeah, it was. It was. I'm like, I'm like emotionally hungover. Like I there's. Guess. There's this, like, there, I really want to find, I haven't found it, but, like, the gif of, like, old Spock in the, like, Abrams Star Trek reboot being, like, I am emotionally compromised. (laughs) (laughs) Like, that is me. It's so
0: true. Um, I think that's it, though, for this yeah. week. So, uh, as always, we are part of the Hard Knock Life Podcast Network, and you can find all the podcasts in the Hard Knock Media family at hardknockmedia.com. Yes. did it right! No
1: HTTPS!
0: <laughs> Today we want to shout out the podcast DCTV Classics. Their latest episode is about Batman the Movie.
1: And thank you so much to our Patreon subscribers, Fazia and Meredith Smith at the $10 level, and Jerome, Sylvia, Martha, Brandy, Rahul, Jordan, Annie, Claire, Brian, Robert, Maya, and the Not family at the $5 level.
0: You can find us on Twitter at Daisy Geek Girls, and I am at Run With Skizzers.
1: And I am at S. Krishna. Uh,
0: as always, please rate us on Apple Podcasts. We Uh think it helps people find the show. Yeah, and you guys
1: have said really nice things about us. So those of you who've already rated, thank you.
0: Thank you. We appreciate it. it. And whoever
1: gave us a two-star rating, (laughs) we do not thank you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. They hate joy and fun. It's okay.
1: It's
0: okay. Oh, man. So until next time, we will see you You in in hell. hell.